Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest episode of What's Happening in Trade. I'm Patrick DeBilbis, Senior Offering Manager of Trade and Supply Chain Finance here at CGI, and I'm joined, as always, by Nancy Amert, the Director of our Trade Innovation Lab. Hi, Nancy. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks, Pat. Great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a great session today. So we are going to be joined by Marcel Rokash, who's the Senior Director of Global Solutions at Royal Bank of Canada, uh, who has a great background in the financial services side as well as trade. So Marcel, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. We wanted to just give you a second to introduce yourself and, and tell us why you're here and uh, what you know about the world of trade. Thank you, Pat and Nancy. It's certainly a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, I have a trade background. I've been leading the trade product team at RBC for about 10 years now, but I would say I'm not what you would call an up through the ranks trade person. I surround myself with super intelligent, detailed trade people who understand letters of credit to a level that I um, probably never will. Um, but what I do have is a sort of unusual mix uh, where spent a lot of time in the branches, a lot of time in commercial lending. And um, so that I find gives me maybe a slightly unique viewpoint sometimes from what I've seen in the industry in terms of understanding the full breadth of banking solutions as delivered to a client and how they interact. And probably also uh, a focus, I hope, on more smaller and medium-sized businesses and the needs they might have in trade. So looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, that's great. And I think sometimes in the world of trade, we can get a, a little bit caught up in our subject matter area because it is so niche uh, and lose a little bit of that broader uh, kind of financial services sector um, uh, you know, value or interest. So it's you've got a great background and I think you you, you bring a very interesting eye and perspective to, to the discussion we want to have today. Uh, and thanks again for joining. So without further ado, let's let's kind of kick off and get into it. Um, so the first thing we want to talk to you about is um, you know, we definitely saw um, during the pandemic, a really, really strong push on uh, digitization initiatives um, uh, across the board, right? I think the, the minute folks got sent uh, sent home um, from their, their normal workplace, and especially in the world of trade where there's so much physical documentation, there was a, a real drive towards how do we digitize this business end-to-end -end much more effectively? Um, and, and I guess the question is, uh, are we still seeing that investment as we, we start to come out of the pandemic? Are we still seeing the same level of enthusiasm and investment that we do today? day um, and if so where you know what sort of like market ready technologies are you seeing have an impact in that space yeah that, that's a good way to start i mean i think i would say overall investment is gaining traction but uh within the banks or certainly rbc from what i've seen is there's still a pressing need to be sensible with budgets so the focus is on leveraging the existing capabilities we have right across the enterprise and um, potentially integrating those and leveraging those. But that's, of course, not always possible. So we focus on ready capabilities and what's out there in the market. Uh, as you know, we work closely with CGI uh, uh, on keeping our ear to the ground on what's bubbling up the most. So I think during the pandemic, a lot of the back office technology enhancements sort of surged forward ahead of some of the other capabilities that were getting attention perhaps prior uh, to the pandemic. So anything related to digital uh, completion of documents, remote execution of transactions, uh, those sorts of things uh, got a big boost. So what we're focusing on, I would say three things, is a further increase in our online adoption 
We have uh, a great trade portal. We haven't been at it that long, but we we are pretty proud of our hockey stick curve in terms of digital portal adoption, uh, and including for small and medium businesses as well as the larger corporates. So that's one effort we've had, um, and and. We've also kind of turned our look to our, our gaze towards remote ID verification, e-signature, uh, digital documents, and bills of lading. Not all of those immediately ready to go. Some of them, yes. And but what I would also say is, we found that we did some things in a hurry uh, to react to the pandemic. We called it a client treatment plan. So eager to do the right thing for our clients, and a lot of uh, things opened up for us. You can do this, you can do that. But then it was later, it becomes, it's only for now. And so now we have to go back and dot our I's and cross our T's with compliance and legal and make sure we continue to offer some of these capabilities. And I think the final thing I would say, and there may be more opportunity to talk about this later is, you know, we see uh, uh, optical character recognition, artificial intelligence, basic you know, intelligent process automation capability as being right there at the front. I would say APIs and the capability they bring um, probably next in line in terms of trade finance uh, at Royal Bank and uh, supply chain, of course, always attracting attention and, um, and, and pretty much a lot of ready capability out there to, to leverage. Yeah, it's, that's that's really good. I, I certainly think that um, we saw an emphasis uh, during the the kind of midst of the pandemic on you know what can you do today? What's what's very real? What's very um, impactful to the business? Because I think there were a lot of efficiency challenges, um, and and you know frankly difficulties with people working remote. Um, just full stop. There there were a lot of processes that had to be um, revamped, uh, retooled, and reconsidered in the light of of uh, what we were going through during the pandemic. So it's that's really good insight there, Marcel. I appreciate it. Um, so kind of taking it down a slightly different path, but um, pivoting a little uh, in terms of your corporate customers, right? Your your end users at the end of the day, um, what sort of uh, technologies or application of any emerging technologies that are out there do you see is really um, best supporting or enabling their business as they start to look towards the future? Um, and, and and kind of in what ways are you seeing the, those corporate customers getting impacted? And, and I would broad strip that when I talk corporate customers, your clients, your end clients, whoever they may be, small, medium sized enterprises, you know, large corporate customers, et cetera, whomever they are at the end of the day. Yeah, um, I think we've had a lot going through the pandemic, but I think it's, it's fair to start out with what we already had and were able to provide that maybe we didn't realize how valuable it was <laughs> to begin with which is uh, the Trade360 uh, system, um, front end and back end and the data, um, that when the pandemic hit, uh, and I had a conversation about halfway through with our head of uh, trade operations, who said they could not possibly have reacted the way they did without having this capability to manage transactions remotely uh, and effectively and manage the workflow uh, with the really the vast majority of our uh, of our staff being at home being safe and working remotely so so uh, in many ways that's already there and we're leveraging it and we've found new ways to leverage it so we're proud of that and uh, i think uh, it, as i look at what we're offering our uh, corporates, uh, a lot of it is 
things that are there in the marketplace, like cloud-based technology, as I mentioned, CGI is a cloud-based capability. Um, so, so I think that's one thing. We introduced, because of the supply chain disruptions, um, uh, what, I shouldn't say introduced, but we leveraged something we had recently introduced, which is called RBC Global Connect. RBC Global Connect is a portal that we developed in conjunction with 15 other banks globally uh, to enable buyers and suppliers globally to get a rich set of information, uh, but also to join a trade club. And uh, what uh, they're able to do there is connect with each other and even make tender offers and that sort of thing to find uh, new avenues to build resilient supply chains. So um, it's also a cloud-based technology. I, I don't know that it was leveraging anything that would be, you know, um, would make anybody fall off their chair who, who works in the technology department, but something that I think made a difference for our clients. Um, so uh, that's one thing. I, I think data, right? Uh, we've we've grown up in the data uh, world. It was always true. It was always something that was happening, but uh, also one of those things that were accelerated by the pandemic, uh, a greater transparency across the supply chain for our clients, knowing when they need working, capitals, uh, working capital, uh, the timing of it, um, and the effectiveness of how we deliver it, uh, uh, became more pronounced and more clear. And um, also pricing solutions. There was, I, I don't know if you recall, uh, there was the whole LIBOR migration was a big deal. And and just the discovery there as we migrated away, um, kind of the, the underpinning data and capability that that provided us, gave us an ability to be flexible with our clients in a way that I think they've appreciated. Um, if we look a little further ahead in places where we see opportunity, and I think you know, uh, you're probably more a technology person than I am, I would say is interoperability. And that's the next horizon, right? So, so much capability out there with APIs, uh, uh, being able to potentially bring in services, microservices, all into one forward-looking, client platform. We, we know the fintechs that are out there. We know the consortiums that are out there. Tolia, Prime Revenue, Demica, and then you look on the blockchain side, Marco Polo, Comgo, others uh, in, in the intelligent process automation area. And each of those could be brought to bear directly to the client um, uh, through uh, uh, APIs or a way to provide a single gateway for our clients. And, and, you know, through the pandemic, I think we've settled on the notion that that's where we're aiming. So I don't want to indicate that we're there yet, <laughs> but certainly where we're aiming. Yeah, definitely. Some of this is a process. And, you, you know, I think you touched on something that's a really interesting point there. Um, the, the Global Connect platform that you referenced, right, you said it wouldn't necessarily blow the socks off of someone from a technology perspective, um, but it offered a solution to customers. And I think that that's something that we um, particularly, and I'll, I'll say we in the technology space sometimes lose focus on because we, we like new and innovative and fascinating and interesting ideas. But at the end of the day, you're serving a customer. Right. Uh, and I think if your solution doesn't meet the end needs of a customer, it doesn't address them in some way, you're probably off the mark to begin with. And so it's interesting hearing that, you know, you came up with a solution um, across multiple different banks that uh, maybe isn't a, a huge uh, technology piece. 
It's not something as, as forward looking as say a, a blockchain platform, um, but it's really meeting a customer needs. So that's that's a, a great example of how we can you know deploy um, solutions for customers that that meet their needs. Uh, very interesting. And and just going back to to what you talked about there at the end, Marcel, and you referenced it earlier um, on the API side and and kind of um, you know uh, pulling together. Uh, utilizing APIs to pull together multiple different networks, uh, data sources, et cetera. Uh, how, are you, how are you kind of seeing um, APIs shape the future of, of trade and, and potentially our, our industry's ecosystems just generally? Um, do, do you have insights or thoughts around that? I, I, I do, for sure. And, and it's something we talk about regularly. I, I, I always, in this situation, feel compelled to give uh, some preparatory remarks in, in, the, in the sense that we have not yet in trade finance delivered um, a, a functioning API just yet. Uh, I've seen them delivered. I've uh, worked with people in the cash management area and other areas and worked and talked to people in the industry who are uh, really showing the capability that this um, technology brings. So, and that's why it's getting the attention and I think it deserves the attention that it's getting. So. Um, I think when you're a product manager the way I am and the way uh, our team uh, looks at things, it, it, it's about use cases. Uh, and then, and, hey, that's a bit of a technical term slightly, <laughs> but it's about how, you know, how is the client going to use this so that it's meaningful immediately if we implement it, right? And um, so the things we have looking to get into queue for the next development cycle um, or, or as soon as possible in the development cycle would be something I mentioned, which is uh, previously, which is developing a consolidated set of services and being able to design it in such a way that you can add things, right? So we have a program internally, which I won't name because it's at this point, it has a convoluted name because it's internal. It's not launched to clients, but it's really <laughs> the, the forward edge full platform for our clients. Like right now it's called RBC Express. You know, all banks are working on the next iteration of their of their front end portal for lending for 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 the whole for the whole shooting match, including trade finance, right? And uh, if you can seamlessly integrate a single view of cash flow for trade finance along with your cash management, along with your uh, short term and long term lending in one place and offer data insights to those clients. Uh, for example, one of the things we thought of is bench benchmarking them against similar peers in common industries uh, uh, and common um, business models, let's say, and, and comparing it against the province or the region and so forth, that clients would like to see that kind of information. So that's one sort of place where APIs could definitely be valuable. Um, uh, so I would also say um, in the backend system, right? So if our backend capability could say have applications showing on uh, the portal or on a public website, and we have thousands upon thousands of clients who use small guarantees, right? So in Canada, a small client might want to have a lottery gaming terminal in their restaurant for, for their clients. The government says, I need a guarantee for that, right? And it's small, but if we were to have a public facing capability to say, hey, come on in, fill out the form, 
we'll look at the rest for you and that will feed into our back end um, that something like that for would have the benefit of scale in a way we haven't seen yet. Um, and so we think things like that could provide excellent use cases. There are, of course, many, many more. Um, another one that comes to mind is um, funding. So we have had discussions, uh, as I'm sure every bank has, with some of these funders like Talia, Prime Revenue, Demica, and on and on. There are others, many others. And they show you their client list. And you say, oh, I know those guys. <laughs> I know those guys. And so potentially the ability to, to work, to sort of share those clients and be able to provide them funding through other capabilities that exist could extend our reach and do more for our clients, I, I think, as well. Yeah. And so that's just a few examples. Um, we could talk about this for a long time. Yeah. yeah, I think that we could probably go this this in and of itself can be an entire uh, uh, deep discussion, but you definitely provided some some interesting insights there and, and perspective. And I'll, I'll layer on one piece, too, that I, I've been thinking about more and more from an industry perspective, right, is that we've seen um, that API side roll out and there are certain banks that are, are you know, leading a little bit more on this um, and certain industry providers that are leading more on it. Um, I think there's also a push to say, how do we as an industry kind of come around on standards, those sorts of things, which become really critical because what you've also got to be careful about as you roll out API solutions is that you don't want to be, you know, kind of custom building everything for each individual corporate customer you might be working with or each individual platform provider you might be working with and where and when we as an industry can kind of come together and say, APIs, absolutely critical for us to move forward globally. How do we, in the disparate world of trade finance, come together around standards so that our corporate customers aren't losing their minds, um, I think is a really, really important point. Uh, and I know that there are a lot of really, you know, deep technical and and um, intellectually knowledgeable folks that are, are really focused on that topic. So it's, it's going to be one that we see evolve over time for sure. One API to rule them all. There you go. That's that'll that'll be <laughs> part of the goal. Thanks for tuning in to part one of our discussion with Marcel Rokash from RBC. Join us for part two, where we'll get his perspective on supply chain backlogs, sustainability in banking, and the future of the trade finance industry. Mm -hmm.